afternoon, all the listeners out there, wherever you may be, uh, to another episode of the All In Man Cave podcast. I am, as you know, your host, Cole Haight. Uh, gloomy day here in Pennsylvania. Don't know where you guys are at, but hopefully you are enjoying some better weather than we are enjoying now uh, in eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, this is the news, injuries, and football, fair, sorry, fantasy football segment. Uh, for the All In Man Cave podcast, our midweek podcast, uh, we got some stuff to go over. I'm sure you've all heard about the John Gruden resigning uh, and all the stuff that goes on with that. So we're going to touch on that. Then we'll hop into the injuries uh, and then end with some fantasy football stats as well. Uh, just to go over quickly, uh, the bets, the best bets that I gave you guys on the Monday podcast, the week five recap podcast uh, in the NFL, I was three of four. Uh, for our bets, we did hit uh, the Mo Alley Cox over receiving yards. Uh, we also hit the over for the Marquise Hollywood Brown receptions. Uh, and we also hit the Colts over 18 and a half points. We did not hit the spread of Ravens minus six and a half off by a half a point there, but it would have hit if it wasn't an overtime touchdown that won the football game. Um, I did want to add the over as well. So we could have been four for five, but three for four is pretty good. I'll take three for four. So let's hop right in. John Gruden resigns as the officially resigns as the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Basically, we're going to hop through some of the stuff. Uh, we don't have to take a huge deep dive into it, but very important. I uh, want to make you guys aware of the severity of what happened uh, to John Gruden. So uh, he had leaked, uh, emails were leaked between him and former NFL executives while he was still a Monday night football commentator. Uh, it, within these emails, uh, there were anti-gay um, against the gay community, the gay community, uh, multiple comments made um, against the LGBTQ uh, community. Also, uh, in terms of uh, women coaches and women referees, multiple com- uh, very negative comments made about that as well. And the kicker that came out first, uh, this was a very fast-moving story. I got the update to my phone, and then a day later, a lot of it excelled quickly. Uh, with more emails and 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 a lot of different information, uh, he came out and apologized. Uh, the first comment was a racist remark he made uh, about the NFLPA uh, leader, uh, Demoria Smith. Um, racist comments within that email. Uh, he came out said he was not racist, but did not mention anything else. Uh, and then the other um, comments against the gay community and against uh, the women coaches uh, and referees in the in the in the game of football. Uh, there's there's a lot wrong with this, and I I don't want to be I don't want to be too blunt, uh, and I'm not grouping everybody into this. Uh, but the views about different people and different types of people, um, coming from different generations in this country is very serious. Um, a lot of people that I hang out with are f- from an older generation, and a lot of people I talk to on a regular basis are from an older generation, and their views are skewed, to, is a very nice way to say it. Abrasive is probably a little bit closer of a word to use. It, it just, the way the NFL is currently 
going in terms of how things are changing, how the world is changing. The NFL reflects world change a lot. Uh, you saw it with the police brutality in terms of Colin Kaepernick. And and no matter where you, you land on the fence, uh, on what side of the fence that you are in terms of that whole situation uh, is kind of irrelevant. J- just the point I'm trying to make is that it's it's a serious issue. And it was an issue in the world. Therefore, it came out in the NFL uh, also, uh, we just had Ryan Nasib. He, ironically enough, plays for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, first openly gay player to come out while playing for the team. It, it, it's just a, it's just a bad look. Uh, in terms of, in terms of the way I land on it, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not condoning anything of what John Gruden said. Uh, most of these emails that came out and the language that he used, regardless of whether or not it's in a group chat, uh, whether or not you were joking or if this was just locker room talk uh, is what people are phrasing this. It, it's not okay. And regardless of how you feel, uh, you could you could feel the way you want about any situation. Uh, but there's enough problems in the world right now. Uh, and, and and everybody's struggling to get by, whether it be with the pandemic, uh, some some inner things that people try and get through on a regular basis. Uh, there's a lot of depression uh, and a lot of a lot of negativity in the world right now. So for him to come out and, and for this to be leaked out, he really didn't have a choice. And it, it's almost it's almost like it was forced uh, we'll get into that in a minute. I just wanna, I just wanna go over another thing quick, and then, and then we'll, I'll finish my comments on that. But uh, he was actually just removed yesterday. I got the update to my phone. It was absolutely, I, I looked at it and I was stunned. Uh, he was removed from the, t- the Tampa Bay Ring of Honor, even though he won a Super Bowl for them. Now, people, people are saying that this was uh, very quick to come out. Now, it's not really quick to come out when uh, you're, you're literally put on a pedestal uh, as a decent coach uh, and everybody loved him as a commentator as well. He was, he was up with Tony Romo as best commentators to, to listen to. If your team's playing, you really want a a good commentator, uh, somebody who knows what they're talking about, uh, very knowledgeable, very respectful. And, uh, and is, is just a stand up guy, especially when you're watching a football game. It's a big deal. It's a big deal when you watch a football game every week and you have a commentator that's not very good. They're messing up the names of your players. Uh, their insights aren't very insightful, uh, to say it at the least. But here's the problem. Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the past two years have the highest, um, the highest percentage of African-American uh, coaches on staff, uh, and not only just African American, um, of all colors, uh, it, it, their staff is very diverse, uh, as well as they have a lot of coaches, uh, assistants, uh, people within the strength and conditioning staff, uh, that are women as well, uh, which is great to see in the NFL. And, and it looked like it was never going to be that way, especially coming up, uh, late nineties, early two thousands, even into the early 2010s. Didn't seem like that was going to be, it, it was going that direction, and the NFL made a splash, and it's awesome. It's awesome to see uh, nobody should be treated different by the way they act. Nobody should be, uh, sorry, they should be treated different by the way they act, not the way they look. If you have skills, you should be able to use your skills regardless of who you are, what body parts you have, or, or what person you decide to be attracted to. It's not, it, that. that's just what it comes down to, and, and that's, and that, and that's the issue, and, and it's imploded that division. 
uh, not to come off the seriousness of this topic, but uh, that division is now going to be imploded. The, the Denver Broncos have fallen off a cliff. Uh, the Raiders just got absolutely obliterated, and it looked like the players didn't even want to play. This stuff seemed to have been common knowledge within the organization on Friday, which is interesting considered they played a 1 o'clock game on Sunday, which means they let John Gruden coach this team on Sunday, even though the organization knew on Friday. Now, I'm not I'm not ignorant to what how, how stuff moves. I work in a warehouse. Uh, word of mouth is very quick. It's a lot quicker than people think. So if you thought that no players found out about this between Friday and Sunday, that would be absurd. One player finds out the locker room knows. That's not, I, I mean, I can't confirm this, but for you to say that no player knew, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if the players just didn't want to play for him. And they got embarrassed by a team that, is not that good and Justin Fields struggled up until this point um and the Raiders looked like they were on fire so it's it's a very it's very sad to see a, a well-respected person and have this come out but the opportunity to change should have been given um, I'm always down with the opportunity to change. Now, giving multiple opportunities is a different story. However, these these emails weren't that old. Uh, they were actually, uh, I think the dates on the emails were right before he got announced going into the Ring of Honor for Tampa Bay. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was the 2018 season. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was the 2018 season that he was still on Monday Night Football. Uh, they found out he was going to go into the Ring of Honor. Uh, and then he ended up doing it and calling a game. Uh, I remember watching that game, actually. Uh, almost positive it was 2018. Uh, it's just sad. It, it's sad that that people have this, this, this idea that because of the way you look or the way of the how you like people or what body parts you contain, it affects whether or not you can perform a job. Uh, performing a job requires skill in, within the brain. Uh, especially if it's coaching football, uh, you don't need to run a four four forty to to be a football coach. So it's just it's just sad, and, and I agree to the point where if if I'm I'm thinking that somebody had it out for him, I've heard a lot a lot of stories that are really far fetched out there, and and a lot of them have some solid merit, and. Yes, somebody probably had it out for him. The Las Vegas Raiders owner is a person that a lot of people dislike. And it could it could have been a person who just leaked stuff. Uh, they're saying that the the information from the emails was taken and fit and found out. Uh, during the investigation that they had with Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team, who has recently stepped down. His wife is currently running the team. They're they're looking into an investigation for him as well for sexual misconduct and sexual harassment. I said harassment. Harassment uh, in the workplace for people that worked under him uh, for the Washington football team. And, and John Gruden was uh, in with a lot of people in the NFL, one of them being on the staff of the Washington football team under that executive tree uh, under Dan Snyder. So 
that could easily have been lied about. Uh, and somebody who just doesn't like John Gruden and doesn't like the Raiders just decided to open a bomb. And that can always happen in life. Always. You don't burn bridges. You never burn bridges. And when you do, stuff like this happens. And that's the best way that I can describe it. I am so sad for all the people that he hurt within these emails. They, you don't deserve it. It's not something uh, that that it happens every day in the eye of the public. Uh, but now it has happened. Uh, a lot of this stuff does happen behind closed doors. Um, and... I was I've grown up under the assumption and the slogan of if you don't know it can't hurt you, uh, ignorance is bliss, stuff like that. It, it's really it it's as true as you believe. I don't 100 percent believe it, although I've been told it a lot growing up. But this stuff, I like. Where does John Gruden go from here? He can't go back to ESPN and be a commentator. He's since he resigned, he's not going to get paid out his his salary. Although he's probably very good in terms of money but where does he go from here like he just uh he just got uprooted and now he's he's gonna just be out there so i and he deserves it based on what he said in these emails the thing is like where does he go from here i don't know i don't know where he goes from here he it's not like he can just go coach some high school team because nobody's gonna want to hire him with all this stuff going on and this isn't going to be the end of it there's, there's going to be people going after, there's going to be Ra, uh, Raider supporters that go after, oh, well, who leaked it? We got to figure it out so we can take them down too. There's going to be people on both sides coming at it hard. I don't know where he goes. A lot of people have been asking me at work, uh, some avid sports fans I just talked to, whether it be um, places like the gym, people that know me from high school, from college, my friends from college, stuff like that. I, I don't know where it goes from here. I kind of want to feel it out and see what else comes out about it uh, and and what that situation looks like uh, because I really don't know where it goes. I honestly don't know, but the Raiders are in trouble. They, they played two very piss-poor games their last two games. They started 3-0. and They were hot. They're losing their, their coach. There's a lot of... Adv- um, adversity right now going. I just There's a lot of stuff going on for that organization, and they look like they were going to contend. Uh, the Chiefs don't look good right now. They're dealing with a lot of injuries, which we're going to get to in like 35 seconds. But that that division flip-flopped uh, from where it looked two weeks ago versus now. All right, if anything else comes out, I'll keep you guys updated on the John Gruden issues, uh, what's going on with these leaks uh, and what all this information. Uh, but I'm sure most of you have all this, all, all the updates going to your phone via updates on ESPN, the app, uh, or anything else, the free plug-in for you guys, ESPN, the app. Uh, but let's hop right into the injuries. Uh, not that many injuries this week compared to most weeks. A lot of them fantasy football related, which I thought was a good, uh, good flow into uh, injuries versus fantasy football. So please keep these in mind uh, when making your leagues, uh, especially for this coming week. So let's hop right in. We've got four Kansas City Chiefs that received injuries in their blowout loss to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Tyreek Hill, knee injury. They say he's not going to miss time. I'm not as concerned with Tyreek Hill. And I'm just going to throw this one out there as well. Travis Kelsey received a stinger as well in that game. He's not going to miss time either. I'm not concerned about the fact that they're okay with them saying they're not going to miss time. The scared part of this is the is the worst part. Uh, 
So you have your speedster wide receiver that makes a lot of cuts on a regular basis who has got received a knee injury and it's on their injury report, which means it's significant enough for him to, to report it. He's going to be a little scared making cuts. The Chiefs offense already as it is looks a little off. Now, I've I've made this statement multiple times uh, to a lot of people, uh, and and they they retract, uh, and they come back at me and say that I'm I'm judging them hardcore. I'm judging the Chiefs' offense hardcore based on them overperforming. Well, they created that standard, and the based on the way their defense is currently playing, they need to overperform or they're going to continue to lose football games. So, and then Kelsey uh, Travis Kelsey with the stinger. It, once again, that's their two best pass-catching options. Now, you can think all you want that you're not injured. You think you're good. You're going to make the same cuts you would make as if you were healthy. Subconsciously, that could be not true. Travis Kelsey could put his foot in the ground like he normally does, come out of it, think he did it well, and he's just behind. And the corner jumps the route, and it's a pick six. There's a lot of trust in that offense. There's a lot of trust. And if you don't trust your body parts as pass-catching options for Patrick Mahomes, the offense is going to be off-keeled just enough of a tad to create an issue. Two more players. Uh, bravo to Joe Tooney. So I didn't know about this while playing the game because it looked like he was okay, although he clearly was not. Uh, Joe Tooney, he fractured his hand in the first quarter and played the whole rest of the game. So he has a broken hand. They put it in a cast, and he played the whole rest of the game, and he's only questionable to play this week. That is impressive. It is very impressive to have an offensive lineman moving around 300-pound individuals, playing with a broken hand with a cast on it, and he didn't give up a sack. That's impressive, especially at the guard position. The, the Buffalo Bills defense is no slouches. They're no slouches. So they were they were playing well in this game. Uh, they played. Uh, there was a few a few things that went the Bills' way in terms of penalties, uh, in terms of bounces off of wide receivers' hands. Fifty uh, fifty on that. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Mecole Hardman should have definitely caught a lot of the balls that they dropped. But the way that they were deflected directly to Buffalo Bills defenders, nothing you can do about that. There's absolutely nothing you can do about that. And then Clyde Edwards-Alaire, MCL sprain, he's on IR. The Chiefs have a lot of de- a lot of problems right now. None of them are on offense. So when I read things in blogs, uh, updates on ESPN, whatever you choose, wherever I find the this information that comes out, that they want to spend draft picks to acquire running backs to cover. Clyde Edwards-Alaire being out for three weeks with an MCL sprain. My head gets scratched by my right hand. And I'm, I'm just trying to understand this. So your defense is statistically the worst defense in NFL history in terms of yards given up, in terms of points given up, in terms of third down conversions. You are the worst defense in the league right now and had that has ever existed in the league with the best offense. Why on God's green earth are is this team considering giving up draft picks for offensive players when they have two running backs that they could clearly use in Daryl Williams and Jarek McKinnon to, to, to take every single rep from, from Clyde Edwards-Alaire and use it in the game? 
Darrell Williams is not a terrible running back. He's run through the tackles. He's good. Jarek McKinnon, side-to-side running back, good out of the backfield in terms of pass-catching skills. Why Why are they interested in Marlon Mack right now? Why? It makes no sense. Go after defensive players that can help your defense. I feel bad for Chris Jones and Tyron Matthew. They're trying their best to make a high school caliber defense look decent, and it's not working. The linebackers aren't aren't playing well. They can't cover the the tight ends and the and the running backs out of the backfield. Their pass rush is weak, and their secondary is terrible, absolutely terrible. Juan Thornhill, bad safety this year. Used to be relatively good. Lajarius Sneed was a top one hundred run uh, top one hundred player in terms of the NFL before the season started. He's not even a top one hundred corner in the league right now. And then Mike Hughes, Mike Hughes, the former NFL, or the former Minnesota Viking cornerback. This dude literally tackles a guy for a 10-yard gain and starts pumping his fist like he did his job. Come on, figure it out. If, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs organization, please figure out that your defense is disgusting right now. Me and my buddy always talk about it. He's a, a, a Steve Spagnuolo fan. I'm not a fan. His players ran him for most of his career. He had the players. He didn't have to coach that much. When you build the players and you make them better, that's when your coaching skills get put on a pedestal. I'm not a fan. They don't have slouch players on this team. I don't think his defensive scheme's working, and I don't think the players trust it either. So we'll see what happens with the Chiefs. I'm not expecting Hill and Kelsey to miss time. Edward Solaire should be able to be covered. If they go out and get Marlon Mack, and I was a Kansas City Chiefs fan, I would lose my mind. Similar to the Minnesota Vikings going out and spending a fourth-round pick on, on Chris Herndon, the tight end, and not throwing him a single pass through five games. Absolutely ridiculous. Could have just kept Tyler Conklin on the team. We got multiple other tight ends that we could use to, 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 to sub for Irv Smith Jr., uh, having a meniscus surgery and being out for the year. You didn't need to go out and get Chris Herndon, who has more penalties this year than catches. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. All right, flipping the switch. Another team hit by the injury bug, the New York Giants. Kenny Galladay, knee sprain, uh, knee injury slash sprain. Uh, multiple reports can't tell me for sure if it's a sprain or not. Uh, so let's say knee injury. He's questionable this week. Uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, if you guys did not watch America's Game of the Week in quotations, uh, which was not America's Game of the Week unless it was America's Game of Injuries, um, Saquon Barkley, unbelievable how much this dude gets hurt. I I just, I don't, so he stepped on a dude's ankle. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the, in the, uh, the Monday podcast they thought it was a high ankle sprain. It's actually a low ankle sprain based on the way his ankle inflamed uh, instantaneously. Uh, he, he say he's questionable, but more info will be out tomorrow. Uh, I wanted to make sure I got this podcast in for you guys in terms of this fantasy football stuff uh, that if you guys didn't have a chance to check before the game tomorrow, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Eagles are playing on Thursday night football. Uh, so I just wanted to make sure I got this out. Keep an eye on Saquon. 
They say he has an opportunity to play this week. If you're asking me, I don't think there's a chance in hell he plays. Uh, I think they're just saying that for now, but more will be out on him tomorrow. Uh, So double check uh, anything in terms of online. Type in Saquon Barkley injury update uh, for after the the Wednesday practice, uh, which will be later tonight uh, or the Thursday morning practice tomorrow uh, before Thursday night football as well. But he doesn't play till Sunday, so you have opportunities there, uh, which I could give an update on if I see one uh, for the preview episode for week six. Uh, that'll come out on Friday, but uh, I, I feel so bad for this kid. He just, bad things happen to good people. That's that's one thing that I live my life by at this point. Uh, a lot of bad things happen to really good people, and a lot of good things happen to really bad people. That's just the way it is, and I really hope Saquon Recovered comes back from this. Daniel Jones, um, Daniel Jones dinged up in this game. Concussion, uh, went over that as well. Uh, he's on track with the protocol to return to start for week six this upcoming week. Uh, good to see considering he could barely walk off the field uh, and had to be carted to the locker room based on a concussion. Doesn't happen often, uh, but did in this game. They're missing a lot of pieces on offense. The one thing that did come out of that game that I saw that was amazing was um, Kandarius Tony. Uh, he's a great draft pick from Florida. 10 catches, 189. He did throw a punch at somebody, uh, which is going to be addressed by Joe Judge, who was making people do uh, push-ups and uh, suicide runs all throughout the offseason. However, um, I think maybe uh, Kadarius Tony might actually need it since he uh, actually tried to throw a Floyd Mayweather jab uh, at Anthony Brown, I believe. Uh, of the Dallas defense could be could have been a different player, but I thought it was number thirty, uh, Anthony Brown. But uh, you can't be throwing punches even if somebody shoved you to the ground. You, you can't be doing that. This ain't this ain't boxing. Uh, you ain't Floyd Mayweather. This ain't boxing. You can't do that, dude. All right, moving on. Juju Smith Schuster. This has huge fantasy football impacts for people that have him. Uh, shoulder has been nagging him apparently through two weeks. Uh, I haven't seen this, but he may have re-aggravated it in this week's game. Uh, He did have surgery. He will be out for the rest of the season. Uh, Huge, huge fantasy implications here Uh, for people who drafted Chris Claypool. Good job. Uh, And Deontay Harris, they will probably absorb all of those targets uh, that Juju was receiving. Claypool, probably the deeper targets. And Deontay Johnson, probably the shorter ones. So just keep that in mind. in terms of fantasy football for not only this week, but probably for the rest of the season. Uh, They did go out and sign Anthony Miller uh, to their practice squad, I believe. So uh, he's going to probably get called up probably either, maybe not this week because of the shortened week for him learning the playbook, but maybe next week as well to play slot. Um, So that's very good information in terms of who to start this week in terms of fantasy. Uh, If you're in a low-person league and you're able to grab Chris Claypool in a trade uh, or maybe via waiver wire if there's people in your league that don't know how to play um, or off off in free agency, but uh, just the timing of that. Keep an eye on that. Next on the list, Levante David, the all-star linebacker for the Tampa Bay Bucks, will be out this week. Uh, ankle sprain, not sure, Did was not specific in terms of low versus high, uh, but if I were to guess, it's probably somewhere in the middle, if that's possible, uh, because he's going to be out for the Thursday night football game against the Eagles, but he will be week to week moving forward. 
high ankle sprains usually minimum three weeks. So to rethink the statement I just gave you, I'm assuming it's a, a, a very bad low ankle sprain. Issue I have with this is them missing um they're they're missing a cover linebacker in the middle of the field. They have a lot of linebackers that can blitz blitz the the quarterback, but they don't have a lot of cover corners. And Levante David, uh, old as old as he is, is a pretty decent cover corner. Eagles are going to come at them with multiple tight ends in this game, so uh, that may be a option uh, to change the way the game script goes uh, in terms of the Tampa Bay Bucks. So keep an eye on that as well. Curtis Samuel uh, pulled his groin last week against the New Orleans Saints. He's week to week. Don't expect him to play this week. A lot of people I know drafted Curtis Samuel early in fantasy and really want to get him in their starting lineups. Even if he plays, uh, they're playing the Chiefs, so his snap count's going to be low. I'd hate to see you waste a a player and start him if his groin. Uh, you could pretty much week to week's pretty much doubtful every week until he's not week to week anymore in terms of the injury report uh, and what the teams are saying. So doubtful is not good enough or game time decision is not good enough to me, for me to trust him in, in a starting a starting spot on a fantasy football team. If, if it's for money or not, doesn't really matter. Uh, obviously more, I guess it matters more if it's for money and then if it's not. But um, don't start Curtis Samuel this week. There's no reason for you to for you to waste a spot like that. Go out and find somebody who's going to start against a, a, a worse defense. Uh, so listen to the fantasy football segment that I will come out with in probably less than two minutes. Uh, and I got a lot of likes I like this week. So you may be able to pick up some of those players uh, on the waiver wire and free agency in your leagues. Last on the list, the most polarizing injury of the week, I believe, uh, Russell Wilson broken finger. He had surgery on that finger. Uh, the doctor, the doctors came out. Uh, the Seattle had released a statement saying he should be out six to eight weeks. Uh, definitely on his throwing hand. The picture of his finger didn't look good. Um, it, it, it's, it looked awful uh, on TV. I saw it. It was not good. Now, Russell Wilson has come out and said that he is going to try to come back in three games. Uh, so four weeks, including the bye week that's in there, that's that's aggressive, but it's Russell Wilson, so I'm not really putting it past him uh, to be able to come back in four. But this goes back to when we talked about the division being flip-flopped in, in the John Gruden segment with the AFC West. The NFC West now has some, some huge issues as well. Trey Lance was dinged up a little bit. Uh, in the game, not worth me noting. Think I because I believe Jimmy G comes back anyway, and Kyle Shanahan was adamant that Jimmy G is the starting quarterback. Trey Lance had a knee sprain that he went on on TV. Well, via the media, uh, went in front of the media and basically said he doesn't know when he sprained his knee. Uh, I find that hard to believe, considering it hurts. Uh, and I don't think you could sprain a knee, not know it, and then it all of a sudden hurts. I just don't think that's how it works. It may work like that. I'm not a doctor, but Russell, the Seattle Seahawks are going to have a huge issue. Number one, who's starting at quarterback? Number two, this NFC West uh, having four teams that were at the beginning of the year could all have possibly made the playoffs down to two, considering that if if Russell Wilson's going to be out and their best 
chance at winning football games is Geno Smith. That's not really going to work. Uh, and now the the way the 49ers look in terms of their defensive secondary and their quarterback play in the past two games, it doesn't look good. And they're, they have a bye week this week, so it's not a huge issue for them. Uh, the, the 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 issue is is flip flopping these teams is going to open up some spots for other teams uh, like the NFC North and NFC East in terms of and even the South. So all three other divisions uh, having two more open spots for the wild card for teams to get in there. Uh, you got the Chicago Bears at three and two, uh, my Vikings at two and three in a, a subpar division. Green Bay's defense doesn't look good. And then you've you've got the Washington football team who look like they can hang in games. Uh, you got the, the Eagles that look way better than expected. Now you have Carolina that looks a little bit better than expected. So uh, the NFC has, has gotten a lot closer uh, than we thought at the beginning of the season where a lot of people were basically counting out the other divisions getting multiple teams in. Uh, and the NFC West being uh, – NFC West – I sound like Patrick Starr from SpongeBob. Uh, NFC West, uh, as the ringleaders of the NFC, getting at least three teams in. Uh, we don't know that that's a guarantee now. So it's good football. It's good football to watch uh, when all the a lot more teams are in it. Uh, only one undefeated team left, the Arizona Cardinals, and uh, we have a, a couple over teams, uh, but not that many. So let's football is going to be good, especially until at least Thanksgiving. I'm giving, based on some of the slates that I've seen, I've looked ahead uh, in terms of the week-to-week basis, not counting injuries, of course, but the slates look good in the upcoming weeks in terms of uh, games that teams can really take advantage of. All right, that's the injury segment. Keep an eye on those players, uh, and let's hop and transition right into the fantasy football likes and dislikes. So this week, we're going to start with the dislikes. Uh, Number one dislike... Uh, and I usually do get a lot of people that do not like me for my dislikes in fantasy uh, because they are extremely ballsy, but I don't think they've done too bad since we started uh, the NFL football season. Tom Brady versus the Philadelphia Eagles. There's something about the Eagles defense that I just don't trust to be terrible every week, Uh, and this week I don't think it's going to be terrible. Tom Brady has averaging over 350 yards a game. He has 15 touchdowns, two picks. He's 44 years old. Listen, I don't often challenge the GOAT, uh, but this week I will uh, because I think the Eagles defense looked extremely good last week uh, against a lot of playmaking players that were on the Carolina Panthers. They look good against Darnold. They look good against DJ Moore. um, And Christian McCaffrey, if he comes – sorry, not Christian McCaffrey. um, They should be able to stop or halt the running backs for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, whether that be Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette. Fournette's been getting more carries this year uh, than Ronald Jones, but Ronald Jones still is in, involved in the offense. I think Philly does some some decent uh, does a decent job at stopping him. And if you have an opportunity to pick up a, a player, maybe like, I don't know, you could throw a lot of a, a average at Matt Ryan uh, if he wasn't on a bye, like a typical quarterback that'll get you decent score. I think it's, he's going to compete with Tom Brady this week in terms of more fantasy points. So I'm not loving Tom Brady against the Eagles this week on Thursday Night Football. On the flip side, on the Eagles, Miles Sanders against the Tampa Bay front seven, not happening. 
Uh, Miles Sanders is not going to have much room. Uh, we watched the Tampa Bay Bucks give up, not uh, I think it was less than 30 yards last week against Miami and negative one yards against the Patriots. Uh, two teams that do not that are not absolute slouches at offensive line or in the running game. I don't see any type of way that Miles Sanders gets if he catches more than six more than six passes. That'll call that a win, and hopefully they go for negative yards so you can get six points if you absolutely have to start him. Uh, but I would not start Miles Sanders this week. Dak Prescott versus the New England Patriots. Dak's looked very good. Uh, but Bill Belichick is good against a lot of quarterbacks. Uh, he apparently doesn't know how to stop Davis Mills, but that, I believe, was a one-off. I think that Dak Prescott hits a hits – a, J.C. – he's going to hit a wall. J.C. Jackson's going to look good. Uh, they have some some safeties in the back, on the back end at that New England defense and some linebackers that can help, uh, whether that be in the zone or man-to-man. The, the, Mari Cooper has been dinged up multiple weeks, yet he's played. C.D. Lamb has been okay, but I think he's going to be blanketed by J.C. Jackson, so I don't expect much from C.D. Lamb either. Uh, but he does have potential to score points, which is why he's not on my dislikes. I just don't think Dak Prescott's going to have an amazing week this week. I think that's going to be a way more competitive game than people think. So I uh, would not start Dak. Next on the list, both starting receivers for the Seattle Seahawks, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Uh, Number one, they're playing Pittsburgh. Uh, Very good secondary. Uh, The front seven can get pressure on the quarterback. Uh, And whether that be uh, what I saw was Blake Bortles trying out for that team, uh, as well as Geno Smith. Uh, He looked okay. Uh, coming in for for Russell uh, when he got hurt and broke his finger, but I don't expect much fantasy production from either of those players. Tyler Lockett's been dinged up. DK and Geno were not really on the same page on some of the throws. Not that they weren't completed, uh, but they were behind him, too far ahead of him. I saw a confrontation on the sideline as well with them. Uh, wrong route. Threw him not open, uh, stuff like that. I don't think Geno Smith has the ability to play two games in a row uh, that I've seen from him that both are not terrible. Uh, so they're both. So th- this week I don't pr- expect much from him. Uh, Pittsburgh in a lock of the week this week uh, against a Russell Wilsonless Seattle Seahawks. Hottest take, uh, and this isn't even the preview show. Next on the list, I'm going to get a lot of crap for this. Uh, Derrick Henry versus Buffalo. Uh, he's been a human wrecking ball for the past few games. He is on pace for, I don't even know, but a very lot of touchdowns this year uh, in terms of running the football. Uh, I think this is a week he uh, slowly steps back. Uh, probably not a lot of production, but I can see him not scoring a TD and having between 80 and 100 rushing yards. Just think there's a lot of be- a lot better options out there at running back in terms of uh, potential against worse defenses and then also in the passing game he had a few games with over five receptions this year but it's not really a a narrative that he usually gets into uh, so he doesn't really usually catch a lot of passes out of the backfield whereas a Najee Harris normally will catch a lot of passes out of the backfield and be very productive running the football between the tackles uh, sticking with the running backs the last on my dislikes is Aaron Jones versus the Chicago Bears I know a lot about both of these teams, uh, and Green Bay always tries to run the ball against Chicago, 
and it does not work. Chicago's defensive front is very good uh, and I think underrated as well as their linebacking core. Uh, that's extremely deep uh, and they can rush the passer and play in coverage. So Aaron Jones isn't going to find anything out of the backfield. Like I mentioned, I think the past two midweek episodes, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are seemingly finding a closer 50-50 split by the week. This week, Aaron Jones had a few more carries, but A.J. Dillon had more receptions. The week before, A.J. Dillon had more uh, more attempts rushing, but Aaron Jones had one more reception. So it seems more and more like they're going to split carries, split receptions at some point. And it's not a chance you're willing to take if you're at the RB1 or RB2. If you got to throw them in a flex, I don't understand why you wouldn't. But like I said, there's plenty of other options, not only this week, but every week to take a chance on a flyer uh, to get you above and beyond that score that you would ultimately need to win that week in fantasy football. All right, and finally, the likes for fantasy this week. Allen Robinson versus the Green Bay Packers. I told you that I know a lot about these teams, so trust me on this. Allen Robinson has had probably the worst start to a season in his career. The Green Bay Packers have literally no corners that I know that will be solid. Kevin King got dinged up, and he's bad. He just knows the the system. Jair Alexander is going to be out for a decent amount of time. Their, their safeties are not very good. They're very dinged up on the entire defense, not only the secondary. So Allen Robinson will have a game this week. Now, the ulterior motive to that is Darnell Mooney will also have a good game. Now, I might get burned on this, but I think Allen Robinson's going to take most of the most of the red zone targets, and I think Chicago's going to be able to move the ball on Green Bay. Uh, so I expect this to be a higher scoring game than people think. Aaron Rodgers pulls some stuff out of his butt like he normally does, uh, and maybe there's a three-point swing either way. Uh, so not a game I'm very confident on betting, but I'm hoping that Chicago comes out on top uh, via the standings in the NFC North. Doesn't mean much if the Vikings lose this week, but we'll talk about that on Friday when we do the preview segment. Next on the list, Matt Stafford versus the Giants. Giants are also very dinged up. They just gave up a lot of points to the Cowboys. They have been giving up a lot of points. Their defense isn't really pressuring uh, the opposing quarterback. Uh, They're giving up big chunk plays, big chunk yardage overall, and they're on the field a lot in terms of time of possession. Matt Stafford with a subpar week last week uh, against the Arizona Cardinals did not play very well. So I definitely I definitely need Matt Stafford to play better, but he definitely will in this game against the piss-poor Giants defense. Uh, so definitely give him a start. I've been talking about this guy since the beginning of the podcast almost in terms of the uh, like since the draft. Uh, Jamar Chase versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Vikings had everything open last week and missed a lot of open receivers. Justin Jefferson could run whatever route he wanted, uh, and uh, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson played together at LSU, uh, so I don't imagine how, uh, with even the injuries the Lions sustained last week, they even have starters in the NFL that they can play on their team at at cornerback and safety, Uh, but besides Tracy Walker in a, a safety spot in a nickel package, that's all they have, so expect Jamar Chase to have a big week uh, with Joe Burrow playing this week. 
Next on the list, both running backs for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Buffalo Bills have two big shutouts this year. Uh, their defense had them in those games. This is not going to be a shutout game, but I expect them to be up by a lot quickly. Uh, the Tennessee Titans defense is very subpar. Uh, they are very not good. So uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss did very well in terms of fantasy and in terms of overall production against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Tennessee, defense, de- Tennessee Titans defense might actually be worse than the Chiefs defense. I know... It statistically, it's not true, but if you look at it, it still looks bad. So I don't expect the the don't expect them to be passing the ball deep into the second half. So I expect a lot from both of them. Try and pick one up and start one in the flex. Uh, if you need a running back, try and grab one and start them. I think there's no way that they leave you high and dry uh, with less than eight. Uh, an eight in a plug-in week, depending on if you have someone on a buy, is not too bad. Uh, or if you don't have anybody on your bench. Next on the likes, Terry McLaurin versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Just talked about their secondary uh, and the way they have not been able to get at the quarterback. I told them not to put, uh, I didn't tell them personally, but I've told a lot of people and probably you guys multiple times not to put Chris Jones at defensive end. Needs to play in the middle uh, so that you could have some middle presence so that there's less lanes for mobile or at least somewhat mobile quarterbacks to get out of the pocket. Uh, because if they are not able to get out of the pocket, you can get away with a subpar secondary. Uh, it's not been happening this season so far, so they need to probably listen to me. Uh, but Terry McLaurin should have a big day against the Kansas City Chiefs subpar secondary for sure. Last on my list of likes, Chris Claypool. Uh, we went over this when I talked about the Juju injury. I think Claypool catches a lot, gets a lot more targets. Uh, his target share in terms of fantasy wide receivers is actually relatively low, uh, which was surprising to me when I looked it up. It's because Deontay Johnson and Juju take a lot of those underneath routes. He's more or less uh, your deep post, your deep out, and your deep go wide receiver. Uh, But he does make a lot of those catches, which is good, uh, which means if they do start to give him over-the-middle catches in a PPR league, that's like gold. Uh, So if you do have a way of getting Chris Claypool – or sorry, Chase Claypool, if if there's a way for you to grab him, either that via a trade – uh, get somebody to bite or via the waiver wire um, or if you're not able to do it uh, try anyway uh, because he's going to be good moving forward with their schedule as well as uh, just covering targets uh, that Big Ben needs to spread around all right guys that will do it for the news injuries and fantasy football midweek segment uh, like always the Friday segment will be the preview show I will give you two bets not very confident uh with these bets uh so i'm i'm gonna go out on a limb here uh and pick the for the thursday night game tomorrow night i'm going to give you the i will take the tampa bay bucks minus the points and i will take the under uh for both defenses to perform more than expected of 52 and a half uh tampa bay and the tampa bay minus the points and the under uh, the Eagles' offense against the front seven of the Tampa Bay Bucks scares me enough uh, to take the under, which I viewed last at minus six and a half. So d- there's in there's there's qualms out there about Tom Brady being dinged up. I have not found anything solid about that. 
uh, being an issue for him playing this week. But if he doesn't, do not make those bets at all. No matter, no matter when you listen to this, if Tom Brady's not playing, all those bets are off. However, uh, right now, if Tom Brady plays, no major problems. Uh, we're going Tampa Bay minus the points and the under of 52 and a half. Thank you so much for all the listeners out there, regardless of where you are, regardless of where you are listening from. Thank you so much for sharing, liking, commenting, uh, telling people about the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, It was a pleasure, uh, like always, to talk to you guys. Uh, And let's get ready for a week six slate that looks very promising in terms of good games. So. Like I've said before, uh, if you guys miss the games and are able to give up a little bit of bread, uh, pay for ESPN Plus so you can watch Chris Berman uh, on primetime. NFL primetime airs at 7.30 uh, right before. Takes you right up until the kickoff of the Sunday night football game. Uh, it goes over, they, Chris Berman does a great job, even though you guys have to tolerate Booger McFarlane uh, because he does not know his foot from his you-know-what. Uh, just my opinion, but I'm sure a lot of you agree with me. Um, they do a good job breaking the games down. Chris Berman's awesome. Uh, Six ninety nine a month, not a bad, not a bad thing to pay. What a dollar seventy five for a week, not too bad. Uh, so to give a give a shout out. I'm giving a shout out to ESPN for NFL primetime. Another free plug for them. Uh, but thank you so much again for you guys listening. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Uh, this will be out. It is about 4.20 right now, uh, EST on the 13th. So it should be available tonight on most of your platforms you find podcasts. Uh, But I will talk to you guys on Friday. And like I always say, later. Later.